0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Suns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, as always your host, Evan Satter. I'm joined by my co host, Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East Saturday. You can follow Byrne on Twitter at Brendan Clean14. Also, for our Locked On Suns Twitter page, if you haven't already, at Locked On Public Sons. Your supporter of very much appreciated as always. And we're joining you guys today for our two-part special today, for our, our third installment of our report cards. or It's the third trimester now, so we're back to the guest today for our final episode of that. And, Brennan, we're going to start off here with um, going through a lot of the Sun's most important pieces of the last third of the season here, and we're going to hit on a lot of interesting characters here, Fartok, Devin Booker, DeAndre and Kelly Oubre, Josh Jackson, this name, a few of them. So, Brennan, before we dive into it, just what was your biggest takeaway from your, the last 15 to
1: 20 games of the season? I think it has to be um, the stretch where they won five of seven, right? The Johnson Ubre kind of fully making their presence felt here and the team really kind of looking like, okay, this, this could, could go somewhere. And obviously it was short lived and, we didn't get to see it to the extent that we all wanted to, but um, that that definitely is going to be the the memory that I take from this last third of the season, and I think it kind of impacted the way I thought about these players more than anything else.
0: Yeah, for sure, and you just see the, the stretch of games where, especially where they beat Golden State, they beat Milwaukee, and then right after that, the, the injuries start to really pile on there, and the, really that last half of the season where they're really starting to gain some momentum. It just kind of all just went away so fast because all the injuries that began to pile up on them, like the Tyler Johnson, injury, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, really almost every person we're talking about in this list today was shut down or injured at one point in the stretch. So we might as well dive into it right now. Brandon was probably the superstar on the list here, probably the highest grade on the list. Devin Booker, who post-All-Star break, he averaged 31.7 assists per game truly James harden S numbers. What did you think about how he performed that last trimester?
1: Probably the best stretch we've ever seen from him, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, just I think uh, more than any other part of his career, when you combine not only the 59-50-48 streak that he put up, but the fact that this also contained probably the best evidence of – his ability to be part of a winning situation. He combined didn't come at the same time, unfortunately. And I think that's why we got so much of the kind of ridiculous and unnecessary debate about him during that scoring binge. But uh, the thing that I keyed in on, and I was talking about it on Twitter a little bit today too, but I got some numbers of course, to back it up here too is finished 17th in offensive real plus minus. That was a number I was watching all season long for him the very first time that it, i really kind of turned my head well i guess the first release of these they they wait a couple of weeks into the season at espn for this and it's it's really just gauging like a player's impact on the box score and they adjust it for teammates opponents all sorts of things to try to really distill it down zero is average and he wait, he he graded higher than he ever had even in the first release for these when he came back from his injury at the very beginning of the season. And I was like, okay, that's the first time we've really ever seen advanced statistics favor Booker in any way. And then now he's 118th total, but 17th overall. That's not just guards or point guards or shooting guards. That's 17th overall in offensive real plus minus, which that's the whole season. That's not just this stretch, but that really blew me away how high he was able to get in those rankings based in large part on what he did to close the year.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's really just, a, I think, a, a peek into what year, th- year five could be. But also, one of the biggest numbers that I found is most intriguing to me, I, tried, I had to do a little bit of digging for this one and some number crunching on this. So I might be a little bit off because the free throw rating on NBA stats for like a certain portion of the season, is really different compared to basketball reference. It's like 85% free throw rate, stuff like that. So I had to do some number crunching and... Booker's free throw rate was around 46% over the last 10 or 12 games that he was fully healthy in. That's better than what James Harden was in the last portion of the season as well. What do you think about just how he really started to master the free throw line at the end of the season? Because I think that's, we hit on it a few times during his stretch there, but I think that's really just the the formula for him to become a near 30-plus point per game scorer again.
1: It definitely will be huge as far as racking up easier points. And I think if you want to kind of wonder about what a fully healthy season for him will look like, it'll probably be less usage. It'll probably be higher efficiency. It'll probably be a little, the ball in his hands a little bit less. And so the free throw line, the free throw efficiency that he displayed is going to be a huge part of that. And I would imagine, you know, the skill, I guess not, I would imagine the skill that he uh developed that you could clearly see as far as knowing how to use his body, knowing how to absorb contact, knowing how to kind of milk it in certain situations when he needs to, that stuff's more important to me than the, you know, the pure number of free throw attempts that he put up in some of those games. And so, you know, free throw rate's a good way to measure that, but also um just the, you know, fact that he was making so many of them, I think, is key too, that he made it a focus of his game, learned how to do it, and then wasn't sacrificing efficiency when he got there. I think he really started to, yeah, like you said, get a peek into kind of how he's going to solidify and round out his offensive game going forward. I think
0: one more thing I want to hit with Booker here before we dive into our grade, unless you wanted to hit on some other numbers with him, is just his defense. There's not a specific number that I found, but I think in the most engaged portion of this, uh, this season where I think there was like a three or four game stretch where Booker was actually playing competent defense, like in games against Golden State, uh, games against um, trying to think of the other one as well, Milwaukee. And w- what was the other big one? I feel like the New Orleans one as well in overtime was another one where I think probably his best sequence of his, of his career as far as defense goes, that block in overtime. There, there's been some sequences lately where he's actually playing competent defense when the team around him is actually good does that give you hope as far as what next year could bring as far as even more improvement there on defense or is it, is it too much of a hopeful thought at this point?
1: No, I definitely think so. I I think the defense is one of the bigger areas where the lack of talent around him impacts him. I think it's that and catch and shoot three point shooting are the two where it's just almost impossible to gauge what level he's at even as you know, three point shooting in general, but the lack of catch and shoot opportunities damaged him there in a big way and I think it did the same on defense or it's just what is he really supposed to do when there's not a rim protector there's not a point of attack defender that's consistently making an impact there's not even really a stopper there that can limit guys in isolation there's really not a lot of defensive talent at all and and making him bear the brunt of that reputation for this team seems a little silly one number there to, to describe that would be his defensive real plus minus, which is the reason that he got from all the way at 17th on offense down to 118th overall. And he had a negative 2.44, like I said, zero is average defensive real plus minus. So that that's, I think, a number that kind of shows that quickly through the other things that I found on him. The Suns' offense was 9.2 points better now that the season is over, officially 9.2. That's pretty incredible. 96th percentile as far as an individual combo guard's impact. That's what he's listed as on Cleaning the Glass. So he's one of the most elite players in terms of helping an offense, even when you consider the lack of talent around him there. And then another number to show that is 117.5 points per shot attempt so that's a number clean in the glass measures where if you think about offensive rating that's points scored per 100 possessions this is just booker shots per one you know per 100 booker shots they're scoring 117.5 points which is pretty incredible efficiency There, he's in the 89th percentile so in the past it was these gaudy individual nights we all know 70 points and Some of the other ones along the way. But this year, I think we'll remember as the year where it started to switch over from, okay, yeah, we've seen him put up these individual nights that kind of are incredible, but what can he really do? This stretch and this season overall really solidified in my mind, okay, he can do it efficiently. He can do it at a high level. He can do it over several games consecutively and he can win while doing it. And all of that is going to be huge for him as he moves into the hopefully winning part of his career.
0: Yeah, that max contract is gonna be kicking in here in a couple months on July first. He's gonna be going from I think just three and a half million dollars he's making to twenty seven point three, a big time jump. But as we've been talking about, he's definitely taken star leaps progressively the past few years and it's winning time, I think, now entering into his max contract. And I think with a guy Booker, you've seen the flashes now countless times where I think he's gonna be a guy that you put the winning piece around he's gonna produce those wins for you. But what was the grade you had for Booker in this last portion of the season?
1: I had a straight up A, um, it, which is hard. I don't think I gave anyone else any sort of A. Oh, one other guy I had, and, and it was an A minus, but I won't say who yet. Um, considering how bad they were to close the year, and Booker was playing in those games, it's it says a lot because I, you know, graded a lot of these guys based on the fact that you know we still only saw 19 wins, we still only saw about six or seven during this stretch that we're talking about here. And so uh, I, I factored that in, but overall Booker's individual brilliance was enough to get him the A for me.
0: I'm right there with you. I actually went slightly above you. I think it's the first time done it with Booker this year, A plus for him during that stretch. I know he was injured that last portion of it, but I think we saw peak Booker at this point in time. We saw four 40 point games in a two week stretch. We saw countless assists that were awesome to see some great sequences defensively as well. There were just too many times where we saw some incredible moments from Devin Booker. So I think to reward him here, i have given him an A-plus for his efforts. So we can move on here to our next player, Brennan. That's DeAndre Ayton, the son's rookie big man. I feel like the last portion of the season, we saw some flashes, but I feel like really the rookie season really started to weigh on him. You could tell at the end.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ayton was the guy that I kind of had the most trouble with. Diving into the numbers, he wasn't quite as – I think he he slipped a little bit, and we saw him get injured, and I think maybe some of the numbers kind of showed that he was slipping and maybe Salmon had something to do with that. But uh, before we fully dive into DeAndre Ayton, why don't we go ahead and take a break? wanted to remind you guys really quickly about the Locked On NBA show. Uh, some great content going on over there that we didn't even know was coming because the Suns did not make the playoffs, but all of our local hosts who cover these playoff teams, these 16 playoff teams, got together and... Gave little snippet, as you know, as you've hopefully grown to love here on our network, small, uh, digestible little capsule uh, previews of each series. So from each team's local perspective, sometimes the national stuff, you'll miss something. There's a guy that's injured that no one's talking about and all the stuff you can miss when you go to ESPN or whoever else for some of this. So check out the Locked On NBA show. We got three episodes sitting there previewing the playoffs for you to listen to over the next few days before they start up on Saturday. And do so, if you would, on the Himalaya Podcast app. Continue to support our show by checking out everything going on over there and make sure when you get in your car to say, Play Podcasts, Locked on NBA, check that out through your smart speaker as well. And want to remind you guys about Homie as well. Uh, Homie is changing the game up here. Saving Arizonans, Phoenicians, whatever you call, whatever you guys call yourselves, a whole ton of money buying or selling a home. That's $1,500, flat rate of $1,500 to list and sell your home through Homie. Not only do you save a whole ton of money doing it, but you can take advantage of the team they've put together there. That's realtors, attorneys, people who really know the business inside and out, people who are there to save you money, who have that priority in mind. It's not about how can Homie save money? How can Homie make money? It's how can their customers do that and uh, enjoy the process of getting into that dream home rather than dread it. To learn more about my friends at Homie, I want you guys to text the word SUNS, that's S-U-N-S, of course, to 88588. Again, text the word SUNS to 88588. Already, guys. Thinking, thinking back to Aiden, yeah, what, what number stuck out to you?
0: Yeah, for me, just with DeAndre Ayton, you saw him average just around the same number of points per game. I think it was around 15.5, but his rebounds started to slip a little bit, which was an interest number for me. He had around nine rebounds per game. just seemed like he wasn't – I mean, he was definitely more engaged this time as far as defense, but just the conservation of energy, the the overall just – stamina with DeAndre and I it was a noticeable dip for me and you can tell in his minutes play per game he had some 35 minute games but then after work he play like 27 minutes 28 it, it, surprisingly for a guy his size burn that's the one thing I've noticed this season DeAndre is not NBA ready from the sense that that you can definitely tell overall that he's not close physically yet
1: agreed and I think um, not only do you see that in his minutes but I think just the fact that we're talking here about the last portion of the season, right. It showed up in the way that he was able to impact the game from a defensive perspective or, uh, the lack thereof at times. And even on offense too, we didn't see any of the monster nights that we got not used to, but that we definitely saw more frequently earlier in the season. And one, one number that I thought showed that a little bit, um, was just his shooting efficiency so since the all-star break 57 57 57.7 so 58 percent from the field overall and and 68 percent from the free throw line there were a lot of games where he was just really bad from the free throw line would would have you know three for six nights three of five nights um kind of weird that that happened but i think overall from what we saw and kind of looking at numbers like that i think it really was clear that the the length of the season was getting to him i mean he lost in the first round of the tournament and only had one college season so this was a much bigger adjustment for him than it was even for somebody like mikhail bridges and i think that showed
0: yeah for sure and i think just overall with his minutes fluctuating like i was mentioning there you could tell with just his game logs here 22 minutes 25 29 31 just too inconsistent as far as just his stamina goes, but I think one positive for me, just as far as development, I tweeted this today when I saw the rumors, not rumors, I said, just people chiming in about the future of Eric Koschkov, and people were saying that he might be on the chopping block, but you see the development, he helped me with DeAndre Ayton, because in Ayton's last 10 games of the season, Brennan, he registered a block in each game, and he finished with 14 in his last 10 games, which I think is... If you go ahead and compare his numbers to October and November, that is a huge step forward as far as progress goes in that end.
1: Yeah, I was trying to break it down where I could see. The the in, the increase was definitely there, but it wasn't monumental enough any of the way that I was breaking it down. But that's a good one. 14 in his last 10 games. That's definitely a step up. And the fact that he was doing it every night, it wasn't you know one night where he had four, and that made up for another couple of weeks where he had zero. So that that's good to see. Uh, along those same lines, two point two—that's how much better per one hundred possessions. Two point two points better per one hundred possessions on defense when Aiton played. So the Suns really benefited all season, even with how you know much we appreciated the energy and hustle of Rashawn Holmes and you know guys like Dragon Bender stepping up toward the end of the year in meaning far far less meaningful games. Uh, overall still the Suns were much better on defense when Aiton was on the floor which you can't say about many rookies probably that speaks to more the lack of talent elsewhere on the roster but still uh, nice to see
0: yeah for sure and I think just with Aiden, that's the one thing that stood out to me as far as his third trimester report card this his defense was a noticeable step up even when his offense wasn't there he mentioned that during his his exit interview just when, when his offense wasn't going, he made an emphasis in the second half of the season to focus elsewhere, whether it was defense, rebounding, conserving his energy, and really putting his energy elsewhere when one, when one side of the game isn't working for him. And I think that's a nice growth process we've seen from DeAndre. And so let me ask you this just overall from the first trimester to the second to the third, how much progress have you personally seen over the last six months with him?
1: I think it's a lot. I think overall the progress specifically is more than I would have expected to see. I mean, I think considering how closely he was connected with the Suns, I really think about him as a two-year thing because of how much I watched, obviously right in our backyard here as well and on TV here all the time, um, it, especially when you, when you blow it out even more and think we saw him December of 2017 in Phoenix against Texas A&M from that point till now it's it's pretty incredible how much better he's gotten really in all facets of the game you know that jumper is probably the last thing individual shot creation like that is the last kind of skill and the rest of it's just rounding it out cuz he's he's come a long way
0: yeah that's for sure and i think it's, it's it's what it's what's exciting with Aiden is just his progressions on an all-around basis where not only his scoring's gotten better but his rebounding his activity and engagement has gotten better but also his defense, like you mentioned, there is just progressively getting better, and it speaks to the player development staff that Igor Koshkov has in front of. Him, but also, the the progress and the work that the DeAndre has to be in a position where to improve that much from him. probably, to be honest, a horrible order protector at first to at least an average one, which goes to say a lot by the season's end. So, did you want to put up a grade here, burden Now for your for your second assessment, or excuse me, your third assessment of the season on DeAndre? Aiden?
1: Yeah, it's it's a B. So, I thought some of those. Statistical, uh, the way he fell off in some of those statistical categories to me puts him a little bit below where he was most of the year. I think I was pretty high on him throughout the year for exactly the reason we were just talking about, which is his improvement overall. So I'll go with a B this this one, just a little bit worse than normal, but obviously B still above average.
0: We're on the same page once again. I actually have a B as well for DeAndre, and we saw near the end of his his stretch there before he sprained his ankle. He was putting together some really great games, 25-20-19, where three of his last five games, and he had 17 and 13 in 25 minutes against Memphis before he sprained his ankle. Just We saw a lot of good flashes from DeAndre Aiden throughout the stretch of games, even though the box score kind of dipped a little bit for him. He was more conducive to winning on the other end of the four, which is a great thing to see moving forward. So I'm right there with you on a B. But before we go on to our next player, which is Kelly Uber, I want to tell you guys really quickly – about our Locked On NBA Twitter account. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and give us a follow over at Locked On NBA Net, it is one, one of the more valuable resources out there on NBA Twitter. Brent and I both have our accounts synced on there for the Locked On Suds coverage you guys love here. But if you guys want to get really, really ten, 10 toes deep, so to say, as far as the playoff coverage and really dive into it, you guys want to get on Locked On NBA Twitter account, have everyone's account synced on there for all the coverage you guys love here with the playoffs diving in here in the next couple of days. So go ahead and give us a follow over at Locked On NBA Net.
1: I want to tell you guys one more time about these indoor camera as well. If you've thought about making the upgrade, I know in the past this technology was just outrageously expensive, right? And Wise is going to charge you just $20 to get their camera installed at your home. That's 1080p full HD, night vision, two-way audio. You have a free rolling 14-day cloud storage and really just the peace of mind that comes with it, right? That's the main thing here. And the benefit from Wise is all that technology upgrade as well as a, a ridiculously low price. So if you you know have kids, you got to get out of the house to go do something. Check the mail even. You want to watch on your phone as you go do that. Maybe you want to turn the oven on, but you don't quite have the time. You just need to go run and do something. Just have that app open. Watch it make sure nothing's going on and and be able to have that peace of mind as you get other stuff done. Right. That's, that's huge. We have the technology to do it. You might as well go ahead and take advantage of it at your own home. That's the wise indoor camera. It works from your mobile phone from anywhere, right? So you don't need to buy another camera to watch from. It's not a baby monitor. This is state of the art. This is the, the top, the top thing you can find as far as technology to give your home, at the palm of your hand. You're gonna use the, the promo code locked on NBA to take advantage of this. That's wise.com. Wise is spelled W-Y-Z-E.com slash locked on NBA. Again, that's W-Y-Z-E.com slash locked on NBA to get Wise's guaranteed lowest price. All right, let's go to our final guy here, who, as you said, is gonna be Kelly Ubre. Uh, I don't even know. It almost feels silly to go over what he's done because i don't know if there's any fan left here in phoenix who's not completely infatuated with this guy we might as well just say a plus here because i think we would get killed for doing anything else doesn't it kind of feel that way
0: yeah he put up some really crazy numbers after post all-star break especially in a starting role especially he averaged 22 20.2 points 5.7 rebounds 1.6 assists 2.1 steals and 0.9 blocks in 32.9 minutes per game in 12 games for the Phoenix Suns, they were six and six as well over that stretch when Uber played games. Just a guy who I think just found his identity and spread his wings a little bit in Phoenix, and a guy who I'm excited for a year or two because you were talking to Josh Jackson, when Kelly Uber was speaking to us, but he, his number one goal is tightening his handle, becoming more of a facilitator, really focusing on other things other than scoring the basketball, which he's already good at, which has me really excited for what Ubre could do in another year of Igor's system because I think Oubre is a guy who is a really good schematic fit for what Igor is looking for.
1: I agree. I think it was incredible to see what, what opened up, not only uh, having kind of more dynamic player at the forward spot, but uh, having a guy who could could make plays outside of Devin Booker. We saw Ubrey do that before Johnson came in, but then... Johnson again, who we're not going to talk about really, but well, made a huge impact, those guys being able to have the ball in their hands and do something with it. And I think Ubre is correct. I, I kind of felt like everybody said that they wanted to do a little more with the ball in their hands, which was kind of funny. Aiton said that, Jackson said that, Ubre said that. Obviously, we know Booker will continue to grow there. That was a little bit interesting. There's only one basketball, of course, but the thing that I noticed with Ubre was how much of a guy he is where the numbers really back up what you're seeing, um, how different he is, how much of a breath of fresh air, if you will, he was for the Suns. And 42% of his shots come at the rim. That's far better than most guys on this team relative to his position. Uh, 24%, just 24% for mid-range, which with how mid-range happy Jackson, Ayton, Booker all are, Uh, nice to see him kind of go away from the mid-range a little bit and then steel and block percentage both of he's in the 87th percentile according to cleaning the glass as both a steel and block creator just all of those numbers are so different than most of the rest of the, the roster that the numbers really backed up the the really I guess just element that he added here
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think the big thing for me that just came away from this stretch of games with Kelly Oubre was I think we held this in the podcast a couple of times here, but I just wanted to reiterate the point that when Oubre was having these monstrous games, I think he had like two 30-point games over this 12-game stretch on efficient numbers and also the defense continued to maintain while his offense was there. It just seems like he was what T.J. Warren is supposed to be as far as that third consistent third guy on, on the team behind Booker and Aiden where he's a supplementary third piece, but if he's on if he's not on scoring wise, at least can contribute defensively. And that's where I think Ubre's still up to the point where he's made TJ Warren expendable this summer.
1: Definitely. And the, the trade really looks smart in hindsight considering the original construction of what probably now should be called the Kelly Ubre trade did not include Kelly Ubre. So at least uh with him coming to Phoenix. So that's that's my I mean it, depending on how this goes, really might be that night was crazy in the moment with the Brooks confusion, uh, but it might be something where in, in Suns history we kind of think back, and it's even crazier the fact that the Suns lucked out and ended up with clearly who is the guy who was the best player in that deal. I kind of looked, as, as I, I'm sure I showed with my last numbers, a little bit more as, as far as the whole season for Uber, just because it was interesting to dive in and see now that we're done how much of an impact he made. So, I don't, your numbers are more this stretch. I kind of missed on that. And it's more the whole season. But the one last one I wanted to mention was the offense overall in Phoenix since he got here on December 15th is five points better per 100 possessions with Ubrey on the court. That's for forwards in the 88th percentile in terms of impact. So, when you have Booker and an improved Ayton and Ubrey in there and then a point guard, <laughs> cross our fingers. I think you're going to see that offense really get into the, you know, maybe toward the middle of the pack in the NBA next year.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be a really interesting guy to follow next year, especially if they add in a high usage guy. But in the draft, like if it's on Zion Williams, for example, let's say it's John Moran, number two overall. I'll be curious to see how a guy like Ubre fits into that because if, if Morant's going to be a high-usage guy, he takes around 10, 15 shots per game, that's going to limit Ubre's opportunities more. I feel like he's a guy, though, who really is going to be bothered by that. He's going to be a guy who I think his defense is going to make up for it. He'll put up like 12, 13 points on one to two blocks per game with some steals as well. So any closing thoughts here on Ubre here before we go to our final grades? So I think he was the guy who, outside of Jamal Crawford, who's getting getting raving praise across the board from all his teammates saying he helped change the culture. I think without that trade for Kelly Oubre, I think the Suns might have less than 15 wins this year.
1: Completely agree as far as the wins go. I would say one thing, and it relates to our show yesterday talking about the closing media availability that we didn't get to, was Oubre seemed to be one of the guys who connected with Igor Kokoshkov most on a personal level. We obviously saw his game really expand and grow here in Phoenix, but I think He's one of the guys who's stuck his neck out the most for Igor since coming here. He said it on when he had his press conference when the Washington media was in town and he got his thumb surgery. He said it again over the uh, in the morning yesterday when we were all there talking to him. And that's that's exciting. I think that's a good a good sign when you still don't really know the the fate of Igor Kakoshkov that the guy who changed things so drastically for the Suns also bonded with the coach so well uh with that uncertainty but my grade is an a minus for Ubre. i was obviously kind of being facetious with the a plus his sunglasses yesterday morning were fantastic but that's not quite enough for me but overall a minus i think you still want him to expand his game a little bit but and and the team did lose a lot which like i said factored in for me but he was one of the biggest factors, probably the second biggest factor, in the fact that they did win what they did.
0: I think it's the first time all year, at least for an episode, part one or part two, where we agreed on every single grade so far. I have the exact same grade for Kelly Oubre too. A minus for me, just a guy. If you put, if you put twenty points per game, will also put up some great defense numbers. You're gonna be a guy who is loved from my perspective because that's a two way player, and I, I love me some two way players who are contributors on an everyday basis. And Kelly Oubre is a guy who's really metamorphosized from Washington into a role player into more of a guy who has a higher upside than many people probably thought when he got traded to Phoenix over the last few months so before we close things out Bryn with today's episode with Kelly Oubre let me get your final prediction as far as what's gonna happen with him this summer do you think he is signed on July 1st or do you think it's gonna be stretched out a little bit where he's gonna wait a little bit then sign on to help the flexibility out?
1: Yeah, I think it'll show what they have up their sleeve Um, and maybe we'll know even more because of the draft by the time this even happens. But I think it probably makes the most sense just if you have an agreement in place, which, come on, the guy is on, there's billboards going up now around Phoenix that say thank you to the fans and Kelly Oubre is on them. Um, He's he's staying. He will be staying with the Suns. So if that's already there and they have a, a framework as far as money goes obviously they'll be, they'll be able to do more by keeping his low cap hold on the books and adding talent elsewhere and then re-signing him. So I think if they can get him to be on board with that and have that trust with him and his agent, that's obviously the right call.
0: I'm right there with you. I think just a contract to watch as far as similarities. Bill Duffy last year, who is the agent for not only Bray, but also with DeAndre Ayton as well, he, scheduled a, or he did a contract last year with Aaron Gordon, who's also a Bill Duffy client. Where it's a five-year contract extension with Orlando, but it's a high paying in the first year, but it progressively goes down every year after that. I feel like that's kind of what could happen with Kelly Ubre, where he gets a, a big payday in year one, but long term helps out the Suns. And 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 they're really helping build out their cash base long term and avoiding issues. So anything else as far as Tay's episode, one wanted on as far as their big three, so to say?
1: Uh no, we were both in the A range for Booker, B range for Ayton, and then A range once again for Ubre, which I think should make Suns fans happy. I think most would agree with us on those. And with these three guys being so important long-term, it's great to see them take a step up in this last part of the year. All righty, guys, this is for part one of our report cards today, heading on the heavy hitters of the Phoenix
0: Suns with Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Kelly Oubre, Jr. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back to you guys tomorrow for part two of our report cards.